Welcome to the Modern Warrior Podcast. I am your host, Gavin Meenan, and this podcast is all about helping men to become unstuck in their lives and inspire and encourage them to move forward towards a life of strength, confidence, and inner fulfillment. So without further ado, here is today's episode. I hope you enjoy it. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Modern Warrior Podcast. This is episode 35 and I am absolutely buzzing to have Jenny here with me. Jenny from lovepilled.com and Jenny writes a blog that offers some common sense dating advice for the modern age and the content she's going to share with all you guys on this episode is going to be super valuable to your relationships to your dating life so listen carefully jenny how are you doing i'm great how are you today gavin i'm very good i'm delighted to have you here it's an absolute pleasure so yeah so tell us a little bit more about lovepilled.com how did it come to be um it kind of was an accident i guess because i last year i was um following ajac a aj a alexander cortez and i was just looking at his i wasn't didn't even really have like an aim or anything and i he was he inspired me to start writing stories Instagram stories. And I started doing that and I started to build an audience just based on what I talk about as far as relationships. So if, if it wasn't for him, I probably wouldn't even be doing this. So, um, but as far as relationships, it's kind of always fascinated me. Um, cause I kind of fancy myself sort of a, um, psychology, sort of guru, I guess, because I just know how to read people, um, pick out patterns. And I, this stuff is just really predictable to me. So I figured, you know, I could um, help people in this way. So uh, people have been so supportive in that and they, they want me to help them. They are excited about it. So I think that's really fun. It's just really, it's a lot of fun. That's really what it is. <laughs> has has the has that psychology or that change in mindset or your insight in terms of relationships and patterns has that kind of come from your dealings with other people or is that something you've learned throughout your own experiences in and out of relationships and and all of that um yeah I'm both uh dealing with people I'm good at I'm just I have really I like to think that I have really high um, social intelligence or emotional intelligence, right? Because it, it, women are like that. So we just kind of pick up on other people's cues and stuff like that. And, um, it, and a lot of it is uh, experience from the past. I mean, I, I know how to deal with men. <laughs> so um, I, I have a series of columns that I wrote where I kind of talked about being a player or whatever. And I in the old school days, I used to kind of be one of those. So I kind of know how these things work and I know how to navigate people who play these kind of games and things like it's, it's just, it, it's like a map to me. It looks like a, I, I could just look at any relationship and see the way that it's going to be mapped out. So <laughs> it's really, it, it's really fun though. I have a good time with it. Very interesting. So what are the, what are some of the, let's say road signs in a relationship that determine its success or failures? Um, I would say having a lot in common with a person is huge. Um, a lot of people, they tend to link up with someone that they're not, they don't have a whole lot in common with besides sex or, you know, lust and stuff like that. Where um, you need to have kind of the same personality. You need to have the same sense of humor. You need to have um, 
the same kind of values in life and goals. And you, you need to have a lot more in common than you don't have in common. Mm-hmm. And that that's a big problem that I see is people, they kind of, well, I'll overlook this or that if I could just be with this person. And it, you, you just, you can't do that. You have to um, be more selective as far as how um, you're going to approach a relationship with someone based on what you have in common. Is it uh, this opposites attract and this and that, that that's just so not true. <laughs> you need to have someone that is on the same page as you are. So I, I try to emphasize that a lot. Mm. Yeah. This surprising in one sense, like the opposites attract is, is something that's thrown around there an awful lot, isn't it? And you have seen this from your own experience in terms of this doesn't this doesn't work. There's too much conflict or there's too much resistance. Right. If someone's bad with money, they're not going to be the and a person's good with money. Uh, I, that's a huge deal breaker. There's so many people that get divorced over money matters. So if you're if you have your ducks in a row with, as far as finances and you get involved with someone that has a lot of debt or something, that's never going to work. Or if they have a spending style that doesn't align with yours, where they're just a spendaholic and you're you're saving for retirement and you're trying to account for every penny. And I mean, you know, the lust in the bedroom isn't going to take care of those things. So <laughs> is, is, is there, you know, the a different perspective in terms of what you lack in your life can be somewhat filled with uh, with someone else's personality or someone else's approach to it. Like, for example, if you're not so good with money and your partner is good with money, then you can somewhat uh, come to, like that can merge together to a certain extent and you can make it work together. Or that some of some of the things you're say for example you talk about values and maybe one of your uh one of you don't value family for example you know it's not not on your not in the not your top priority in terms of uh your list of values maybe you value entrepreneurship or maybe you value money or maybe you value career or travel before family whereas for the woman perhaps it's you know family's number one so again could that be somewhat merged together to to, to work in tangent or is that just going to be you're just going to bounce off each other and it's going to cause too much conflict and uh it's, it's going to end pretty bad is what's your perspective on that or is that very subjective in terms of one or the other needs to be open in terms of allowing the other person to come in and perhaps take control of the finances or open up the discussion in terms of having a family or Know, that that the value that that becomes a, a value for the uh, for the man for example um based on his his love for for the woman you know he's he's willing to negotiate that um or again is he selling himself short by by doing that you know is he kind of going against his own values in terms of to, to try and meet her to try and hold on to that relationship Well, those are important life matters. They're crucial life matters. Um, people make decisions based on those things. Um, crucial decisions. If a person, especially children, I get a lot of people who ask, well, I am involved with this person. They don't want children. And that's a deal breaker. If somebody doesn't want children and you want children, for instance, I had a gal um, ask me, I'm, you know, I'm 28. I'm involved with a man that's 45 or something and I want to have kids and he doesn't want to have children with me what should I do and I'm like well I, I hate to break it to you but most 40 year 40 plus something year old men aren't in the business of having kids so you're probably you're if you want children you're going to have to break off from this guy or somehow convince him not to have children but once again when people get older they get more set in their ways so if a 40 something year old man is telling you he doesn't want children, he probably definitely doesn't want to have children. So you, you, you can't force that. Uh, as far as money, I don't, 
It depends. If the man has money, um, I, I, a lot of times I won't overlook a woman that has bad finances. If she's just got all these designer clothes and everything, and she doesn't have a dime to her name and she's got all kinds of debt, the man thinks, well, what is she going to, is she going to run through what I have too, potentially? I can just go find another woman who doesn't have these kinds of issues or the, this kind of baggage when it comes to money, especially with, with high value men. They think like that. They think, well, I don't have to settle here. I can find someone else who checks all the boxes that I want. And how do you, uh, how do you negotiate that when there are children involved? Because obviously that, and I had this discussion with, uh, with someone else recently as well on the podcast in terms of, uh, speaking about, you know, in the relationships, the relationships is at some sort of a crossroads and there is perhaps a split there in terms of uh, opposite values or, you know, there, there's different interests and maybe at the beginning of the relationship, perhaps very much together, but maybe the man has taken on some sort of uh, a new path in his life and he's, he's grown and progressed towards a certain direction and she hasn't followed him on that path, so to speak. So there's a, there's a divide there. But then in the middle, there's, there's the, there's the children, there's the kids. So when it comes to a situation where there's kids involved and the reason I'm asking this is because I do work with guys who are, who are stuck in that situation right now, they're in the relationship, not really in the relationship, to be honest, but they're sleeping in separate beds. They're staying in the same house. They're what the woman but not what the woman but they're there just for the sake of the kids and out of fear for the kids out of the fear of perhaps another man coming in and taking his place and raising the kids or uh there's perhaps um obviously that there's the fear of uh of loss there that comes with um with the relationship and you know moving away from from what's familiar towards the complete unknown but obviously, uh, staying with the familiar and staying with the comfort, as we know, is, is certainly not the, the best place to be. It's, you know, making decisions out of fear or safety um, certainly doesn't work out very well in the long term. However, as uh, as one of my clients said to me today, he's, he's willing to bite off a piece, piece of the shit sandwich just just to be there for the kids. And he's willing to sacrifice his own happiness for them. So. How do you negotiate that one? Well, I would hope that these people are in therapy or at least have thought yeah. about doing it. Talking You've to me. You've done it. Therapy. <laughs> Talking to me. Yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> well, um, marriage counseling. I. Yeah. This is such a problem because people... Again, I think that a lot of people nowadays, especially when they get married when they're older and they um, start families and stuff like that, they, they don't go with the person that they originally wanted. There's always some, someone who got away and they end up marrying someone else who they're probably not even attracted to. I see that a lot. Like nowadays, they don't even um, suggest that people marry someone that are attracted to like for instance i saw another dating guru say something like do you want um chemistry or compatibility and i'm like chemistry is compatibility if you're not making love you're not you don't have a marriage that's that's just it so when people when kids get involved in their stress uh, it's oftentimes the woman has to work and also maintain a household that's enough to kill any woman's sex drive. So um, men, you know, the, the, the way that things are nowadays, it's unaffordable most for most people to um, not have two income or to have just a one income household. So the, the wife is juggling taking care of children. She's juggling um, picking them up from daycares and, you know, making sure that that's paid for. She has her own job to tend to. Then she has to come home and pick up after everybody and, you know, make dinner and stuff like that. There, there's a lot of resentment that builds on the part of a woman that they don't discuss with the man. 
because they're they're taking on so many what they feel are burdens and it's it's disincentivizing her to want to be intimate with him when she's got too many things to think about when there's babies in the picture yeah you know you're busy you're especially when they're really small you're up at night and you know you're nursing and things like that it's it's kind of agonizing it's not really a lot of fun so that can put a damper on the sex life but when the children start to get older and your sex life is gone and you know there's all these the bickering and fighting about money and and doing all these things that are not good for the relationship i mean that that just drive puts a wedge continues to just put a wedge through those two people and soon there's you know divorce divorce you know mm-hmm. they the, i often wonder if i could sit down and talk to any married couple who has gone through this sort of thing I would want to know what was their relationship like in the first year? How well did they get along then? And and what was the chemistry like? Like I the way I talk about it is if you don't have chemistry with someone you're not compatible with them. You're just not. And that that is unorthodox considering all of the other advice that well you just need to settle down with anybody who is willing you know but what but if you're not attracted to them what kind of marriage is that it's a roommate it's somebody that you'll end, um eventually wind up loathing you know yeah. <laughs> i don't i don't want to wake up next to a roommate i want to wake up every day of my life next to my lover my husband the man i i love and cherish that's how people should be thinking of their spouse you know yeah so if it's it's if it's not that it's well step one is marriage counseling in terms of perhaps trying to reignite that spark start dating each other start being thoughtful of each other and considerate of each other help each other with um unload unload some of the burdens like if she if your wife is you know juggling all these hire a house cleaner for her so she doesn't have to clean or uh, have grandma move in and help with the kids give her a break you know and as far as the man it's it as far as what kind of break he needs just don't bitch at him don't bicker with him i mean that goes a long way a really long way if you can um be supportive of your man and not make him feel emasculated or feel like um he's unwanted I mean work on those things together reignite what you had look for that I mean, a lot of people a lot of men they they just want the wife their wife back the one they marry you know mm-hmm. I, I hear that all the time i just i don't i didn't want her to change but she changed and often times it's because there's so many burdens being placed on her mm-hmm. and he he just seems kind of laxadaisical or um that doesn't care or i i don't know it's it's hard to they people need to communicate with each other how they feel but if we were to go a bit deeper on this into the societal changes over the last couple of decades and uh, i'm looking at one of your i'm looking at one of your blog titles here at the moment and I think it's quite fitting around that subject that we're talking about in terms of, uh, especially the bickering uh, towards a man, or maybe there's a sense of the woman taking control of the, right. household, mm-hmm. control of the situation, trying to then take control of her man. And mm-hmm. yeah, how do you get her to be more feminine? And th- this has kind of come up time and time again in, in these discussions as well in terms of that the woman needs to allow herself to be more submissive and allow the man to be more dominant and to to be more masculine and be the man um but there seems to also be a shift there now as well with the rise of feminism women being empowered women out working moving up the career ladder uh perhaps some women even you know earning a higher income than their than their husbands or partners and this kind of brings up uh, another sense of empowerment or power to the household the man mm-hmm. 
you know, he feels, um, yeah, he feels somewhat out of place and yeah, he feels devalued perhaps. And, uh, yeah. So I think underneath all those layers, there is this societal change that's caused a lot of disruption in the, in, in the relationships. And again, I've, I've seen this from speaking to men as well, where the woman seems to be the, the person in charge, she's calling the shots and the men are being submissive. So is that a dynamic that you see playing out and how should that be shifted or should it be shifted or does it need to be negotiated in some way? These are some really good questions, but yeah, again, with the societal conditioning, a lot of people don't know any other way to do it. They may think that, oh, I, I would like to change this, but they don't know how. So a lot of times what I write about is just simply teaching or instructing people on how to change these behaviors or thought processes in their mind. And women have grown up in households with career women who are henpecking their husbands and they're take charge, um, empowered. You don't, they, they condition their daughter. You don't need a man. You need a career. They tell them these things from cradle to grave and the, the conditioning is just there. They don't know any other way. See where, when I grew up, I, my mother didn't go to work until I was 15. She was a housewife the whole time I was from the time I was little until I was a teenager. And my dad, you know, supported all of us. So I'm very familiar with that um, traditionalist dynamic between families and, and married couples and a lot of kids. I don't think that there's very many children nowadays who are even raised in that kind of environment to know the difference. The only thing that they know nowadays is career, college career, work yourself to death at some mid, middle management, um, you know, ant farm type or termite colony, corporate termite colony. And, you know, give your, give the most important part of yourself to those people at the, the neglect and behest of your own family. So I, the way I grew up, I didn't want that. I didn't want a career. I wanted a family. So I think deep down, a lot of women want that, but they don't know how to do it. And in order for a woman to be feminine, she needs to have a, uh, a safe environment for her to be that way. A man who protects her, a man who um, makes her feel safe and secure in every possible way. So um, I would personally, I quit my job for 10 years to be a housewife. And I depended on my husband 100% financially because I knew that that was a, a way to really strengthen our relationship so I could depend on him more. But if I was to um, suggest that to many women nowadays, they'd be like, are you kidding? I would never do that. I would never trust a man like that. So, <laughs> you know, I, I, I made sure that I wanted to I didn't want to give my sacrifice my life for a career. I wanted to sacrifice my life for my husband and my family, but women are not encouraged to do that anymore. So, so why is that? Why does a woman struggle to, as you say, trust a man to that level? What's the, what's the barrier there? Do you feel? Well, if she has to work and because, um, you know, there isn't enough money there for her to stay home. That's a, that's an unsafe thing. You know, well, so if you don't bring in a paycheck, we can't pay that, that falls back onto the man then, does it then? So he's got, he's got to start showing up oh, with more income. Yeah. You know, and I don't, I don't want to blame men for that. Cause that, like I said, the cost of living and the way that everything is structured now with the way that they print money and do all these terrible things to our currency so that we can't afford to, you know? So no, yeah, the, 
they they want i i love to say that the onus falls on the man but if you and your wife wanted to work together and build an empire like my husband and i you could get out of the rat race and do that together that's what i did with my husband so um you know, I, he was working at his job for 20 years and then he, he was stuck there. They weren't going to give him any more raises or anything, uh, any incentives or anything like that. And I said, why can't you run your own company? You, you already run their company for them. Let's run our own company. And that's what we did. We did that six years ago. So, you know, I, I think that if two people work together, a man and a woman, they could do something like that mm-hmm. very, very easily. My husband and I did that together. But again, there's a lot of fear involved with that, taking a risk like that. A lot of people, they, they get into a job and they stay there because it's secure. They know a paycheck is coming. A lot of people aren't willing to weather the idea of moving or having um, not having a steady paycheck and looking at the bigger picture. So, I mean, there's so many different things to weigh, but if a, a man and a woman, husband and a wife want to work together to make something big, they can, there's nothing in the world that's stopping them from doing that. Yeah. Only you know? the, yeah. And the, and the societal conditioning as well, in terms of here, you need to, you can't be you can't be going off doing your own thing. I know that that's not the way they preach it, but this is the conditioning in terms of oh, you need to go to school. You leave school, you mm-hmm. got to go to university. You leave university, got to go into your nine to five job, and then you're trapped in that system. And unless you have an epiphany, or unless you have some sort of self belief that you can go out and do it on your own, or again, a very supportive spouse as well that's with you on the same journey, or even on your own if you were single. But we're seeing mm-hmm. a lot. That now, of course, and I think a lot more because of the the lockdown and the isolation and, and people being uh, yeah. being let go of jobs and positions and then they're going off and, and doing their own thing and know that like you've got every single opportunity at your right at your hands with this laptop or the phone to to start your own business and many yes. and many mentors and business coaches out there to help you do that. Mm-hmm. But Again, yeah, you, you're uh, you're somewhat you somewhat got the blindfolds on in terms of no, that's that's I like my I like my nine to five because I've got security, I've got safety, I've got a paycheck. Uh, I'm not, yeah, I'm I'm, I'm uh, not running the risk of of scarcity or going broke. But yes, you are because ultimately you're not a of that destiny. Of that destiny, you're you're not. You're not the main player in your life or career. There's someone else pulling the strings there. And if they decide to close up shop tomorrow, then you're out of work. So mm-hmm. you know, is it really secure? And again, these are some of the questions that people do not want to ask themselves because uh, they're, they're, yeah, they're trapped in the safety and they don't want to think about the oh, what ifs because that may entice a change that needs to be made. And of course, as you know, as we all know, change is difficult and yes. loss. You've got to leave something behind, like your safe job, like your steady income. But if you're not willing to lose something, you could eventually lose everything, even the relationship, marriage, breakdown of all that. So it's certainly worth the risk. And again, maybe it's easy for both of us to sit here and, and say that it is a simple thing to do. And it's, it's certainly not easy to to get to the point where you're here when you build your own business but it can be done and but as 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 you are and as i am right now that we've we've both got established businesses and we run our own businesses but for someone going in in there at foundational level it is it is quite scary and like my own personal journey to get to this point started with a, a redundancy and mm-hmm. i feel if I wasn't made redundant from that job. And if I wasn't mm-hmm. out of that organization, that business, I would still be in that rat race. So yeah, um, it's having the boldness to, to quit. And, mm-hmm. you know, is there any insight or advice you could give to somebody who, who is stuck? Like perhaps your husband was, you know, how did that 
play out and how could that how could someone else play that out in their own lives well uh, a lot of it has to do with being fed up with your situation if you're not fed up completely fed up with something you're not going to change it so um a lot of people get stuck in cycles where they don't want to change because the change is too difficult or maybe they're a bit of a masochist and they enjoy the misery <laughs> you know uh, rot upon themselves but um for any person who really wants something they want to uh make a size seismic 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 <laughs> seismic change it, you just have to get really really sick of something you have to get really sick of some situation and that'll you know prompt you to actually do something about it and that's what happened with my husband and um people want to stagnate because that's easier it's it is really hard to go out and make these kind of changes that are they upend your entire life i mean you don't know where a paycheck is coming from you don't know if you're going to be able to pay the mortgage you don't know um, what kind of sales you're going to be making. You don't know what uh, kind of clients you're going to take on. I mean, that's, that's, but it's a, if a lot of people end up quitting early on in that process, you have to give, if you want a successful business, you need to look at at least five years, five years. And the people in the instant gratification society we live in, five years, no way, no way I could never do that. That's too, that's too long. You know, that, that's just that. yeah. any successful business person will tell you, you're not going to have a decent business for five years. But if you got two people that are willing to put their heads together and work hard on something like a husband and wife as a unit, they, they can build an empire in the sky if they really wanted to. You know, a man is a, it, it's in, born in a man to be able to provide, to be able to have entrepreneurial um, ideas. That's a male pursuit. Mm -hmm. And if the woman is there to help him and inspire him, look, I see this potential in you. It's what I did with my husband. I was like, you don't have to be this kind of man. You can have a business like this. I was like, we can make some really good money. Mm -hmm. So, you know, yeah. I mean, and yeah, there is that instant gratification nation, isn't it? It's uh, and we get caught up in, in social media. We see all these um, successful, and I'm putting that quotation marks, whether they're successful or not, but certainly pretending to be successful with their um, with their entrepreneurial <laughs> journey and their their flash cars and everything else. But they could have a mountain of debt behind all that, and it's just for you know, it's just to to show face, and it's, it's some sort of a persona that they're putting on. So, uh, yeah, and they'll tell you, oh, I changed my life around in, in six months. Well, yeah, maybe it did, but there, that came with a massive cost and could be the cost of a massive debt that you're, you're now stuck in. And at the mm -hmm. same time, they could have had some sort of financial incentives or some sort of financial backup. There's, a, there's, there's loads more to the story that, than you're being told and you get caught up in this and I always advise people just to switch that stuff off. Like if somebody's putting some, something up there that's triggering you or making you feel upset or angry or frustrated, just get rid of it uh, because it's, it's it's feeding bad energy into your into your system and into your life. And that's, that's holding you back. But it's to, you know, yeah, you're looking at five years or, or possibly more, but it's to find the incentive in the, in the journey as, as you're moving forward and set yourself sm some small targets as you go forward in terms of, you know the target for this month is to sign up five new clients the target for this month is to earn x amount of dollars or euros at the end of the month the target you know so you're setting yourself small tangible goals and, and you hit that goal and that gives you a, a sense of encouragement to continue moving forward so it's almost as if maybe set the five five years is a long time for setting goals maybe set you know a 12 month goal or a six month goal set it mm -hmm. and then park it and then do whatever you need to do today to bring you a step forward towards that six month goal. And that becomes mm -hmm. your priorities and you just, that's it. You just focus on the process and the, and the progress will naturally occur. It's the same with 
getting in shape and anything mm. you want to do in your life. So you've got to really uh, break it down into the, the smallest, most manageable changes you can make on a daily basis. That's creating a bigger change in the long term. So that's the incentive to be found in the process to help you continue uh, to make progress. Mm. So, yeah, but patience is also critical. Yes. <laughs> so, um, yeah, that's... <laughs> Yeah, and, and well done. I mean, it's, it's, it's no easy feat to get to this point where you're at. So uh, well done to yourself and your husband. Um, so just to kind of break off into a tangent as well, I kind of go back to, to perhaps the dating and relationship realm. In terms, uh, I've been looking through your blogs and some of them have really, uh, yeah, I, I, I like them. And a lot of, if you're listening to this, when you finish the podcast, please go and check out our blogs. They're brilliant and very insightful, packed full of knowledge and information and value. So there's a, there's another one there where I feel a lot of guys get caught up on because they, they simply can't read the signs or they just, they don't know whether they're in or not, or whether they're, it's worth their investment of time or energy to pursue this woman. But mm-hmm. what I'm talking about here is how, how to tell if, if uh if a woman is sexually attracted to you and what are some of the signs you need to look out for in order to perhaps pursue that or else to move away from it and channel channel your energy and your time into into somebody else uh so yeah can you give us some insight on that perhaps if a woman's sexually attracted to you like how how can you tell well, um, it depends on the man, of course. There's some men who women will throw themselves at them and make it rather easy. But if you're just a regular guy and you're kind of getting a, trying to get a vibe from her, you're going to get um, body language cues from her. She's going to be probably a little ditzy, dingy. Um, she's going to twirl her hair. She's going to look in your eyes. She's going to, um, you know, use body language to convey to you that she's sexually attracted to you. She's going to primp. She's going to make sure that she looks good for you at all times. And she's going to be physically, this is the number one thing. If a woman is not physically affectionate with you, she doesn't like you. If she doesn't want you touching her, she doesn't like you. If, uh, if she is sexually attracted to you, she's going to grab your pinky. She's going to put her, touch your wrist, anything, anything to be in close proximity to you. She's on a, going to first, on a first date. Is this, is this first date? Yeah. So say you're on a first date with a girl and she's instantly attracted to you. She's going to want sit closer to you. Maybe your, your thighs will be touching or something, or, you know, um, the thing is, is women are, I don't know what's going on with the dating, but they they just don't want to have fun with a man. Like it's like when people go on dates, it's like a job interview or something when they need to treat it more like just have fun with a person. But if she is not showing you any, and if she's treat, if she's really, um, dry in the way she talks to you, or she has a bad, like if, uh, like kind of like, I don't care what you say, like rolls her eyes or something like that. That's not a good sign at all. Mm. If she's not showing you any kind of respect, like emotional, um, emotional, what do I want to say? Emotional intelligence, as far as being conscientious and how she's, you're responding to her and she just kind of letting it roll. There was nothing there. There was nothing there. Well, if we were to if we were to go backwards a small bit, I think you do have a blog on this as well. Before it comes to the to the to the physical meetup, such as a first date, and like the way that the dating world is operating at the moment, as far as I know from the guys I work with, is mm-hmm. it's it's through Tinder or it's through one of these dating apps right. where you're swiping left and swiping right and. Uh, your your thumb is uh getting blisters but it's uh and then 
you, you might you might strike gold with uh, with with somebody, and then you're on to like maybe WhatsApp or or messaging back and forth for a while. So, yeah, when when do you know that scenario? Whether it's time to meet up or whether this is like it could that could be a quite a simple answer in terms of she starts ghosting you, doesn't doesn't reply for a couple of days, or doesn't get in touch at all. But is there a is there some hidden signs there that uh, would help a man save his time and energy before he would pursue onto a first date that is not really going to work out because the the foundations have not been set properly in terms of the the texting. Okay. Uh, if the conversation is not fun and it's not leading anywhere fun, then you need to cut your losses. If it's just the most boring thing for both, well. Uh, men tend to think if I'm talking to a woman, it's fun for them. But if the woman's not having fun with you and she's, you know, I, getting back to you four or five, six hours later with nothing exciting to say. And a lot of times women are just leaving the men on red because there's just so boring for them. So if she's not giving, if you're not having a fun, flirty conversation, if she's not flirting with you, or giving you any hints um, along the lines of being attracted to you, then that's not a good sign. If she's just kind of like, oh, meh, I, I, I could take this conversation or leave it, it's not looking good. Okay. So um, in order to, for a man to, the, the, the way the dating landscape is nowadays, if you want a woman's attention, you can't give her too much of yourself. You can't give her too much of your own attention. You can't give her too much of your own, uh, I like you, I want to take you on a date. You know, I, you can't do that now. They, um, women have this default mode now where they're screening men for boringness. They're screening men for simping. They're screening men for just being, you know, socially awkward or whatever kind of behavior that women don't like that's very pervasive on all sides of the dating marketplace now. They're just, if you show anything like that within the first few, you're going to get dusted. You're, you're going to get dusted. Okay. So unless you make the conversation interesting from the get-go, you flirt with her, um, you, you just make it fun, you let her mind wander, you, um, you know, use innuendo, you hint to her that you find her sexually appealing in uh you, you lead that conversation that direction, then she'll be receptive to that. But they're not receptive to anything else. They're not going to be receptive to some guy who wants to talk to her like a friend. She's got plenty of friends. She doesn't want other male friends. She wants a man who is going to potentially be her lover. And yeah. this whole situation with women now where they're, you know, they're on down to DTF, with their attitude, it's like, I want to know if this man is going to be able to do that for me eventually, because if he's not, I'm not going to waste any of my time. That's how they think. I mean, these young women, they're horny. Okay. They want to make love just as much as men do, but they don't, they're not going to waste time on someone who is not sexually confident. Hmm. But we draw the line on sending dick pics. Oh, absolutely. You never send one of those unless you ask for one. <laughs> Don't no. <laughs> that happens. I, even then, I would probably say no. That happens. Yeah. That, 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 that's from that's from me speaking to women and their frustrations with how these uh, communications pan out, and it, it could be a, a a direct message on Instagram, and it's it's a dick pic. It's like. Yeah guys just bring it back bring it back you know set yeah. the <laughs> in the pants for for uh for maybe date number one or two or three whatever but like yeah that's yeah draw the line there but um th there's something else that's kind of come to my mind as well in terms of uh this whole uh dating relationships and you know the um how that evolves and I, again I, I speak to a lot of guys and i've been through this experience myself in terms of the expectations that guys put on themselves when it comes to the bedroom department 
which brings on anxieties and stress and they can't enjoy the moment for what it is they get uptight and they're worried about what the woman is thinking and they're worried about having to perform they're worried about you know getting hard and all that and the more they worry about it the more anxious they get nothing happens and this obviously deflates their their confidence massively and especially so Mm -hmm. if the woman is uh is being critical in that situation which uh, again going through some experiences you're going to get some women who are not going to like that and going to be frustrated and are going to blame the man for not being able to perform or the woman's going to feel like she's at fault and then you feel bad that you that that she feels that she's at fault so it's just it's a whole vicious circle that can follow on then to the next encounter and the next and before you know it you could be avoiding those encounters you could be avoiding uh the, the sexual encounters because you're you fear the embarrassment or the stress or the anxiety that may come with it so yeah is there anything you can offer to those okay, well sure um there's a big problem with new age impotency with young men because they spend all their time watching porn and they're masturbating and they are unable to have an erection when they're with a normal woman so if you want to be able to perform with a woman then you need to stop doing that and you need to start using what you have up here to um fill your sexual imagination men have a very visual map in their minds of sex they can think of any scene um, instantaneously that they want to play in their head. So if you want to do that, to put all that stuff aside, go, go build some furniture or something with your hands, go work with your hands, let that sort of take over your whole psyche. And when you're feeling frisky or whatever, use your brain as your erogenous zone, not don't allow yourself to, um, splurge or become a slave or a consumer an all all encompassing consumer of this porn because it's robbing you of the visual and emotional and physical elements that you need in order to make love to a woman you know there's a lot of idleness is the devil's workshop there's a lot of men who don't keep themselves busy they keep themselves busy with porn oh, and then they don't have a very good love life because of it. Yeah. Again, so I guarantee you the porn. Yeah. I'm sorry, go ahead. It's the instant gratification nation as well. Yeah. All right, you, got, you have to get out of the instant gratification thing and, and concentrate on other sensual sensualities. Porn is not sensual. Yeah. Okay. So it's visually stimulating, but it obviously isn't that stimulating if you have to keep continuing to watch more and more extreme versions of it to get that dopamine. Or if you concentrate on using your mind or other sensual activities, all of those things become in tune with each other. Mm-hmm. You, you, you work with your hands, all of a sudden that thing works pretty well, you know? I mean, <laughs> these things are all connected for men. So um, it, it, and as far as a man not being able to perform in bed, I had someone actually mention that to me. The girl of his dreams, this, this kid, he's like 22 years old or something like that. And she, the girl of his dreams dumped him on the spot because he could not make love to her. He could not get an erection. So from a woman's perspective, you have to understand that that is um ego shattering to the what am i not pretty enough am i not attractive enough what is it that i'm doing wrong and this man doesn't want to fuck me you know and i especially if you're ready and raring to go with the man and you're just in the moment and that i mean that's like kind of like blue balls for women or something it's really painful psychologically painful emotionally painful and of course physically painful because you want to be in the act you know, so um, I just, I, there's this whole culture now where um, porn has re- completely replaced any intimacy for some men. 
they don't have any sexual outlet except for that. So um, yeah. I, I have clients who have asked me, can you work with me? And then I ask them, I'm like, are you watching? Because they tell me, I'm afraid. I'm so afraid to talk to a woman. I have anxiety attacks and this and that. And I, I know that he's watching porn. The man is acting like that. He's watching porn. And I can't, I don't work with clients that do that. I can't work with them because they don't, I don't have any expertise in that. And also they're um, until they quit doing that, they're not going to be able to move past that anxiety. Yeah. You know? It can become an addiction. I've been addicted to porn and I've, I speak about it quite often in my, in my content and I do it to help other guys. Can you tell me then what drives the addiction to it? Can you just explain that? It was as a man. Well, quite complicated for me. I think it's, you know, I've done a lot of digging and done a lot of um, self-awareness work on myself to understand where it's all come from. But for me, I think it was the loss of connection from in my childhood. You know, I wasn't very well connected to my father when I was younger, you know, from the age of zero to three years of age. I was also not just living with my parents, but living with my my auntie and my grandmother were all kind of in the one area. Uh, so I had a lot of attention and I had a lot of connection uh, from a young age. But then from the age of three, we moved away. So there was a, a breakup of the family there, which and, and that connection I could never fill. And you have to understand there's, you know, I had maybe three or four mums at the time. So it's a huge, it was a huge void in my life. and. You know, that's as far back as I've gone in terms of trying to understand my impulse towards towards porn. I started watching porn when I was 12 years of age and it was just, it, it followed me through through my teenage years and into my 20s. And it was always my go-to then as well, whenever this shit hit the fan in life. And I, yeah. I went through, uh, with women as well, you know, I wasn't the most popular kid in school. You know, I was quite shy. I was quite reserved. I went through a lot of rejections with women. So I internalized these, reject these rejections, felt like I wasn't good enough. And of course, mm -hmm. if I wasn't having that real life connection with a woman, I was, again, finding that in porn. So, yeah, porn became my go-to for my intimacy, for connection. And also then you accumulate that with an escapism from from pain, I, I was involved in a car accident when I was 18. It was very serious. Uh, a woman died in the scene and porn then became a go-to to help me numb the pain or some sort of escapism. And yeah, it was always in those kind of more difficult situations that porn was, um, porn became quite uh, quite a thing in my life and I had, I had a had a very deep drive towards it. Uh, again, I was made redundant from that job at the time as well. And that's probably where it hit its peak. So there was, uh, of course, a lack of intimacy, lack of connection in my own life that I found in porn. And for me, as you just said there, you know, it goes from watching, you know, uh, uh, quite a, a soft core, uh, mm -hmm. soft core VCR tape. And I'm showing my age now. Uh, back when I was 12 or 13 years of age to then, you know, being in webcam chat rooms with people, you know, so it really, yeah, it, it, it went pretty deep and it, it got quite extreme and uh, I haven't watched, haven't watched it now in about four or five years. So, but that's when I started to work on myself. I, I, all of that was unaware to me when I was in the situation. Like I never asked the question. To myself in terms of like why are you watching porn why do you keep watching porn every day why are you going to these webcam chat rooms so i never stopped to ask the questions and it's only when i did that i realized that um yeah there was there was a lot of deep underlying pain and a lost connection and uh, yeah the difficulties from rejections with women as well and all that like it just all accumulated to to uh to something that i perhaps felt overwhelmed by but over time speaking to a counselor, a psychologist, and a therapy, and my own self-development work. Like I've been able to peel those, peel all that apart, and of course make better decisions now going forward with that 
newfound self-awareness and just as you say it there and as i mentioned i speak to a lot of guys who become impotent in the in the bedroom and can't perform that was also me and as i said one bad reaction mm-hmm. and transparent into another bad reaction and you, you you start to avoid those situations and when you're avoiding those situations when you're again not your intimacy isn't being met in the real world you've got to it's got to be channeled somewhere you're a man full of fucking testosterone and you've got to have a release for it somewhere and for me porn was the unfortunate release and this isn't something that's spoken about it's it's a little bit more now there's a little more self-awareness about it but when i was going through that process nobody was speaking about porn it was a taboo subject that nobody spoke about and i wasn't going back to my friends saying I was with this one last night and uh nothing happened because i wasn't able to to get it up you know i was we weren't having those conversations there's no fucking way uh you'd be yeah. laughed at. you'd be absolutely laughed at and uh yeah so you make up a lie you'd and i'd make up lies and i'd put on this false persona and uh ultimately living a life of of lies and uh yeah you have to stop and really start to ask yourself some difficult but necessary questions to give you to give you the answers to, to build your self-awareness and again make better decisions going forward so that's my own journey in a nutshell um but for a lot of guys there's 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 parts of that that um that's causing them to go down the, the same route same road as same road with uh, with porn and porn addiction for sure i think it's mm. connection i feel is a big thing yeah or the lack of connection yeah mm-hmm. so yeah i appreciate you sharing that because i you know obviously i'm not a man i can't think like a man i mean i have a pretty good grasp on the way they think but as far as like i know how much they need sex i mean that's like a that's a crucial need for a man so i can see why they could easily be susceptible to becoming addicted to that so um so easy as well so easy i mean i could pick up my phone now two clicks and i'm on a porn site and i've got that escape mechanism right there in front of me now as i said i've built up the awareness to understand that you know what if you go and do that you're going to feel pretty fucking shitty afterwards and it's going to have a, a very negative ripple effect onto your day your life and again you're caught in that trap so it's it's taking a step back and questioning the consequence of your actions before you actually pursue it which again i never did before it was just pure impulse and uh yeah no questioning and then you you go and do it and this is relatable to all these guys who are watching porn and whatever you're watching it and it could be hours because you're like going through videos and it's like no i don't want to to this one i want to go find something else i want to go find something else and you're watching 20 30 videos before you actually uh, finish it and mm-hmm. then you do it and there is this serious surge of of emptiness that comes over you and uh yeah and it's it's really at that point that you really that you want to start asking some questions yourself in terms of okay wh- why why did i do that because perhaps you can think a bit more logically when the deed is done uh because you're not you're not overridden by your by your emotions it's you know the the impulse has been somewhat satisfied so you can start to think more logically and maybe sit and and write about it you know journaling's been a big it's been a huge tool in my life in terms of uh helping me build my self-awareness along with speaking to psychologists every week uh as long as, as well as having mentors throughout my life throughout the last you know seven eight years whenever I started on this journey of self-development so yeah I think you need people there to encourage you to ask the difficult questions it's it's very difficult to do on your own and so again this is where a lot of men's prides and egos get in the way in terms of no I can't ask for help because that's a sign of weakness yeah Yeah. but uh watching porn and uh you know feeling empty all the time and uh not having your intimacy intimacy met in real life that's that's not a life of weakness. That's you're living a, a strong life. You, you know what I mean? So you've got to, 
change perspective on on how you're living and as i said make necessary decisions in order to improve mm-hmm. yeah. um that's the thing is i think porn has become an addiction as opposed to in the past um people would probably rather they if they were having these kind of problems they'd probably just do drugs you know before the um advent of the mm-hmm. click button porn thing i that most people would just usually just use drugs or drink to escape their problems so now we have this where mm-hmm. men use porn abuse porn to escape their problems that's that's yeah that's for sure i mean i'm in ireland and mm-hmm. my dad my parents actually used to own a pub so I, i'm very much uh aware of the drinking culture that was a massive part of this of this country for a long period of time mm-hmm. and perhaps still is but yeah i mean back then monday to, to sunday the pubs would be full and full of men it wasn't women so there was obviously a, a form of, of escapism that came from uh, drinking in the pub every night. And uh, that's now been, as I said, replaced with, with porn or some sort of other escapism. There's always, there's always mm-hmm. an escapism, but it's to ask yourself why you're escaping or what you're escaping from in order to uh, become more grounded in your life and happier. Because if you're escaping something, then chances are what you're escaping is some sort of pain or struggle and that's going to continue to follow you through life um, until you stop and and address it so you live and die by these decisions yeah so yeah but this has uh been a very insightful and interesting conversation i've thoroughly enjoyed it is there anything you want to close up on in terms of giving some men an insight in terms of let's take it from the approach of a single guy looking to meet a woman in today's world what are perhaps a couple of the steps that you would recommend he takes to pursue that he has to put himself um out there he has to continue to be social and put himself out there i realize with the lockdowns and everything it's hard to be social um i i depending on geographical location. But I mean, there's, you have to continually allow yourself to become acclimated to talking to women. You can't hold, hold yourself up and just pretend that, oh, I don't need a woman. I need, I can drop out of society. I can, you know, that's a big problem that I'm seeing is that so many men are just giving up. You can't give up. You have to keep putting yourself out there. And the more you put yourself out there, yeah, you're probably going to get rejected. We all get rejected, but at least you try, you know, and once you start getting used to the rejection, the inevitable rejection, it doesn't hurt as much. Okay. Well, I didn't win. I didn't win this time, but I'll win next time. Have confidence in yourself and your ability to, um, socialize and be in, engaging and approach women you, you you have to do it and it doesn't matter i'm sorry go ahead sorry just to stop you but in terms of in terms of rejection i, I feel that that's a massive thing that's holding men back and again that's that's veering veering them down the path of of pornography because there's no rejection there there's no threat of uh, humiliation or embarrassment do you feel that a guy should do some work on himself, uh, build his own strength mm-hmm. and resilience before he would pursue a woman. Yes. Um, and it's not to, not to get women, but to just identify with himself as a man. Um, I, you know, our, our forefathers came home from war and ended up having eight or nine children and they had camaraderie with their, their war war buddies or their uh, platoon buddies (laughs) and um, they didn't come home and complain or that they were sad or anything about they didn't talk about war so I'm thinking men need to they need to do something like that go out with your buddies and just do something I don't know dangerous or something get in touch with what it's like to be a man and do man things and have camaraderie with other males 
take on more challenges. Yeah. Um, get in touch with how, uh, with being a man. Other men teach men how to be men. If you're sitting in the house all day, um, just being antisocial and stuff, and you don't have any boys that you can go out, we need to get some boys. You need to go raise hell. You need to go have fun, especially for young. I, I, um, I see this a lot as I talk to so many people. And I, I'm like, what do you do for fun? I don't really do anything. I just work and I stay home. I'm like, dude, you're like 25 years old. What are you doing just living like an old person? Like, this is what old people do. They go up, they stay home, they work and they go home and they stay home on the weekends and they eat their TV dinner or something. That, that's what I see. I remember when I was young, all I wanted to do is hang out with my friends and go play laser tag and go to the arcade and just screw around and do just hey, meet people from school at, and go bowling, stuff like that. I know it's hard with lockdowns, but it, this isn't going to last forever. Yeah. You know, you can still, and that's, and that's even funner. If you break the law, become like outlaw and just say, fuck it. And <laughs> go to his, make a speakeasy or something. Okay? You got to live. You have to live a little. Well, there's there, there's the different what differentiates a, a man and a woman. Perhaps is the obviously a man has a a high level of aggression that needs to be channeled into something yes. something <laughs> difficult, a cha- a challenge. I, I wouldn't recommend breaking the law, but certainly maybe bending <laughs> bending some rules, perhaps. Yeah, and uh, yeah, being bold. So yeah. Being bold without, well, obviously without hurting anybody, but just for yourself and to release some of that fucking aggression and testosterone and know that you are a man, you're alive. And mm-hmm. what do you then into your relationships and into the bedroom? Yeah, it's going to fucking yeah. gonna light up. Yeah, so <laughs> get after it. So, Jenny, where can people find you? Uh, I, my handle is take the love pill on Instagram. And then I, my website is lovepill.com. Brilliant. Yeah. Some excellent blogs there. So go check, check them out. And, uh, yeah, this has been an absolute pleasure. Thank you for your time. Thank you. I appreciate it. It was a pleasure to be on. Likewise.